It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, this is Owen Jones, sounding a bit like Mrs. Doubtfire there. And this is the Cheerful Election Daily navigating our way through the 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 sheer unadulterated joy of the 2019 general election. And I'm again joined by my friend Ellie Moyer Hagen because I just can't keep away from her. Or maybe I can't keep away from you. Well, mm. <laughs> just like, you missed you didn't see the gesture there where Owen like beckoned me closer to the microphone. Yeah, I was I just again trying just to get close. Very alluring person. In, in so many ways. Right, so what have we just done, Ellie? We've just watched the debate. We did watch the debate with a big mob of people. We did. Hunched over laptops, assessing what was going on. So, let's do some analysis. Let's. Let's do it. Okay, come on, initial thoughts. Um, I feel quite pleased with how it went because I think viewers will have come away feeling pleasantly surprised by Jeremy Corbyn and disappointed by Boris Johnson, and that's because of the same phenomenon that we had in uh, 2017, which is the press uh, raining down sulphur on Jeremy Corbyn and praising the Tory leader as being a brilliant politician. And actually, the reality does not bear that out. Um, But I also think that most people will feel quite underwhelmed um, by, by both leaders. And I think that there were lots of things that Jeremy Corbyn did really well. I thought um, him challenging Boris Johnson on the, N- the NHS was really valuable and really important. I thought his answer to the anti-Semitism question was quite uh, straightforward and robust. But I would have liked to have seen him uh, go on the attack a bit more. I was quite disappointed with his climate change answer because that's such a strong point for Labour. And he was talking about poorer communities in other countries and the sort of effects of our natural world. And whereas I thought he could have talked about the flooding in Yorkshire that we've just had, relate it more strongly to, you know, people's lives in this country because it is happening to people Mm. in this country. Yeah. So I think let's, we'll we'll say strengths and weaknesses. Um, And I think, uh, so I think overall I would hand him a win. The YouGov polling afterwards, by the way, basically has the audience, uh, what they thought, who won and who lost. And it is effectively a score draw. So 51% hand it to Boris Johnson. If it had been 52, that would have been the real banter result. 52-48. Yeah. It was 51-49, which is within the polling margin of error. Uh, so the polling margin of error is give a few points either side. Uh, I mean, it's effectively a draw. Now, given... Jeremy Corbyn is the underdog, and given his personal ratings are very bad, Boris Johnson's are bad, his are worse. Um, so he's the, and he's behind in the polling. He suffered a four and a half year relentless press battery. So for, to a, a draw, if judged by the public, is, is a win. 
Uh, and some Tory journalists say that Tories will be privately nervous about that because the whole point of Boris Johnson is you, you, you know, the whole, his shtick was supercharged charisma, uh, who was going to smash Jeremy Corbyn in the debate. And no one, no one could really think that. So the reason I thought he won was firstly, the Brexit bit should have just been a walkover in, in theory for Boris Johnson. It's his strongest suit. It's his whole, it's his only suit. It's literally, that's his shtick. You know, Brexit, 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 get Brexit done. And remember when it started to come unstuck for Theresa May when Strong and Stable became something people laughed at? And got, get Brexit done met genuine laughter in the audience of a similar sort. Um, and where Jeremy Corbyn was strong there was this lie, which drives me to total distraction, which is the idea that uh, leaving with a divorce agreement a withdrawal agreement on the 31st of January means that's Brexit sorted. That's the easy bit. The, the difficult bit is the future relationship and all the trade negotiations. So Jeremy Corbyn said that would take seven years. And I also thought that it was a real moment of drama, like TV drama, when he unleashed this document, this redacted document regarding meetings between British civil servants, this was exposed by Channel 4 dispatches, and the Trump administration uh, about a trade deal with the possibility of the NHS on the table. And Boris Johnson kind of, he was so flustered and, I mean, he was kind of aggressive and hectoring all the way through. But Labour really, really have to hammer away at that. It's a really, really important point. The other bit I thought was a zinger, real genuine zinger, what? was when Johnson kept scaremongering a la David Cameron and May about a cha- basically a coalition of chaos. He can't reuse that because it's too obvious. So he said a chaotic coalition. And, and Jeremy Corbyn said... People's front of Judea and the Judea. Yeah, but he said, we've had nine years of chaotic coalitions already. And the audience were basically like, drop mic. Um, also, when Johnson was asked, does the truth matter in this election? He said, yes, I think it does. And the, the audience just wet themselves at that point. Uh, so that's where I thought it was good. The, the problems, I think. Oh, the other thing is we kept going on about Jeremy not being grouchy, and he he wasn't. He was he was zen, cheerful. Je- he was all right. I thought he got a little bit grouchy at some points, but um, but generally speaking, I thought he was okay. And um, Jeremy Corbyn's team, if you listen to this, can you uh, just make sure his glasses are straight? Next oh time? yeah, that was quite irritating. The wonky glasses. Yeah, someone sort that out because mm. um, it was it was a bit distracting. I thought. Yeah, I mean, there was no knockout blows. But I think... On either fo- side, though. And that's what I mean. I mean, there was no, absolutely no way. I think the, the the quite aggressive bluster from Boris Johnson is very, very unattractive. To his core supporters, they'll like it. They'll be like, that's why they like the guy. But I think to people in the middle, they just find it a bit kind th- of ranting, rambling, bumbling. Yeah, and I don't want to talk in too much, like, broad strokes about um, women. But, you know... Speaking as a woman, I felt the kind of annoyance of the host when she kept being like, okay, Mr. Johnson, because I think most women have experienced a sort of um, cocksure man uh, dominating conversation in the way that Boris Johnson was trying to dominate the debate and then not listening when he's, when, you know, you're, you're sort of saying, all right, can you kind of quieten down, please? And I think, so I think possibly that will um like put off women voters a bit mm-hmm. um because it was just so kind of boorish mm-hmm. and i also think again you know his uh, boris johnson is massively overhyped as a as a 
politician because he's a very entitled person who has never really had to try very hard for anything. And when entitled people like that are put under scrutiny, they do tend to fall apart because Mm. they don't like it because it's not really part of their experience. So I think he didn't do very well. And I think, like you say, because Jeremy Corbyn's personal ratings are pretty bad, it really was only ever going to be a good thing for him to do this debate because, like I said before, people would be pleasantly surprised. It was frustrating because the the other thing about Boris Johnson is is he's a, he's a liar. He's been sacked twice for lying. Uh, he lies routinely. Peter Oborn, who's a conservative journalist, has set up a website dedicating to exposing all his various lies. And one came in this debate when he said Labour will hike the corporation tax to the highest level in Europe, which is literally just bullshit. Uh, France and Germany, uh, amongst other countries, have higher corporation tax than what 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 Britain uh, what Labour are, are suggesting. Labour just saying basically go back to what it was at the beginning of the coalition. Not good enough, actually. I think they should be higher. I think they should look at Germany. I wish it was the highest in Europe. Um, but I think where I got frustrated, I think some blows could have been landed. So I think it was on anti-Semitism. You're right. I think that was one of the best answers I've seen him give. Cause sometimes I just thought there just needs to be more emotional intelligence about, you know, look, Jewish people have suffered as, and this Jeremy Corbyn spoke about this. When he said, I've talked about the, you know, the, the, the attempted extermination, of the Jewish population of Europe, that was really, I think it showed the empathy that I don't think always some, I don't think has always been shown. I think that's been part of the problem, just to kind of look Jewish people in the eyes and just, because there's that, you know, anyone who knows Jewish people knows there's that sense of almost a collective trauma and that sense of things could suddenly turn at any moment and that's what's happened to Jews throughout their history. And he, he did that. And he, But what I think was frustrating was, and this is maybe why it didn't happen, and which is... And, and, and the fact that ITV didn't ask about it is, I think, outrageous, about rampant Tory Islamophobia, uh, you know, absolutely, you know, including the Prime Minister himself comparing Muslim women to bank robbers and letterboxes, but numerous, multiple cases rampant throughout the party, the failure to deal with it. The media just don't care about Islamophobia, let's be honest. They, I mean, they, they fan it. But, I mean, he didn't... Jeremy Corbyn could have gone on the attack on that, even though ITV didn't. I suppose the danger is, which some might even think, what I'm doing now, people go, oh, that's what about me. But it, it is extremely frustrating that there's not that scrutiny and, and Jeremy Corbyn didn't land a blow on on the racism that's that's just defined so much of the Tory party. To be honest, I'm not actually sure that the media cares that much about anti-Semitism given the headlines that were written about Ed Miliband when he was the leader of the Labour Party. Nevertheless, I think one of the more the interesting um, bits about that section of the debate was that Boris Johnson was asked about his trustworthiness and he just dodged the question completely. He couldn't laugh. Yeah, he couldn't answer it at all. And I think that was actually one of the points where I was disappointed with Jeremy Corbyn because I felt that he could have pushed on that mm. and he could have said exactly the things that you've just mentioned, sacked twice for lying, uh, all of the things that Boris Johnson has done over the years that demonstrate his dishonesty and his lack of trustworthiness. And I don't feel that Jeremy Corbyn took the opportunity. He also didn't mention, he talked about um, the US healthcare, but he didn't talk about Donald Trump, particularly because Donald Trump's now visiting the UK during the course of the election campaign. I thought he could have set that up quite nicely. Mm-hmm. I think generally speaking, I would have liked to have seen him be a little bit more aggressive mm-hmm. um, and a little bit more pithy with his attacks because... Um, well, yeah, like the other one on, you know, that could have been nailed was Boris Johnson made it a do or die, dine a ditch pledge to leave on the 31st of October. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't go for that. Yeah. I would have gone for that. Yeah. And I know that I've already mentioned this, but I do feel quite disappointed with the climate change answer just because 
that is that has become as much of a bread and butter issue for Labour as the NHS mm-hmm. and our climate change is the central pillar of their manifesto. Mm-hmm. And I felt that he could have talked about it in much more concrete terms. I mean, they're pledging, what is it, 400,000 green jobs? Yeah. And he could have talked about that and he didn't. And I, I, I think that's the that thing. was a missed opportunity. Because that's how to, yeah, with a climate emergency, you know, I think Labour should come out really swinging. Green New Deal, we're going to create hundreds of thousands of jobs, we're going to transform your standard of living, you know, we're going to do, uh, you know, in terms of renewable energy revolution, we're going to insulate all your homes, uh, you know, and I, I think that is something definitely that, that wasn't there enough and could have been. What I thought was a really good answer was on the NHS, um, not least, it's really important often because I worry sometimes with the NHS, it gets bogged down in the stats rather than lived experience. So talking... The story was very moving of him, about his friend. Yeah, his friend who... And if anyone's seen the video, I, it's, it's worth looking at. It's on... Jeremy Corbyn's tweeted it. This woman had died um, uh, of terminal breast cancer. Um, and that, I think those sorts of examples humanise, don't they? They, they? they bring some humanity into it. And mm-hmm. on austerity as one cuts, that's his big passion, obviously. Um not inflicting it, obviously. <laughs> really, That's it. Cut some more. Wouldn't have been helpful that. <laughs> uh, but the, the fact that he's, you know, he 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 talked about that and and also, you know, kind of that whole. He did that little mini, very Jeremy Corbyn speech about uh, listening to people and his style of leadership. That worked. So I, I mean, I think overall that he won it because he was. Uh, Boris Johnson was blustering, aggressive, didn't answer any questions, just kept trying to deflect onto Jeremy Corbyn. The Brexit, th- and, and I think Jeremy Corbyn came across with compassion and all the rest of it. On the Brexit thing, though he did land, he did get have some zingers and, and had Boris Johnson flustered about what's supposed to be his strong, his really strong point. I think Labour's position on Brexit which, because what Labour pollsters have, sorry, Tory pollsters have obviously zoned in as a weakness is um, he won't say which side he'll campaign on in a referendum. Um, and the key thing, obviously, what he has to do, Jeremy Corbyn, at the moment is tell people who've gone to the Lib Dems, uh, who are the polling shows Remainers coming back, but to say the only way you're going to have a way back, the only way uh, of Remain is, is, is a Labour referendum with Remain on the ballot. But I think he could have gone, even though he talks about unifying Remainers and Leavers, which is good. I think he could have done more. We've had enough of divisive prime ministers who've tried to set people against each other and I want to be a unifier. Yeah, I felt that as well. I just thought, to me, the answer was obvious about why he um, why he's planning on staying neutral in a referendum. I think he could have just said to Boris Johnson, you only want to govern half the country. Yeah. I want to govern the whole country. Yeah, you're right. So whatever the result is, I will need to implement it. And so I'm not going to pick a side. I'll be the servant of the people. Yeah, and I don't, and that seemed like the obvious answer to me, and I don't know why he didn't say it. And so, because they'll keep, they've definitely zoned in on that as a big thing they want to keep going on about. Yeah, and that's the answer. I'm, gov- I want to govern the whole country, I not just half of it. I think you're right. I think, that's and it, it's not even be. that he just wants to govern half of it. He wants to govern just like the most hardcore levers, you know, yeah, like a core of it. You know, we know that a lot of people who voted lever not are not like, they're not going to die in a ditch themselves yeah. over Brexit. Agreed, yeah. So he's actually wanting to govern for kind of 25, 30% mm-hmm. of British voters. And so to me, the obvious rep- riposte to that is that Labour will govern for 100% of voters, 100% of 
people living in Britain. Exactly. I think that's a better way of doing it. I mean, I, I suppose I wonder how much it cuts. Well, in terms of cutting through, I suppose the danger is, or oh, we'll say it's weak, but the key problem Labour have, or one of the key problems is still people who voted Remain not sure about coming back to Labour. And I think even now, some of them would be like, well, that's silly, he should campaign for Remain. But then a lot of them would go, I'm not going to give a toss. As long as I get a chance to vote for Remain, I don't really care what he does. I spoke to a friend of mine who, um, after the debate, and she's um, she's political, and in fact I met her through activism, so she's pretty political, but she's not really engaged in politics in a, in a very um, dedicated way anymore. And But she watched it, which is really unusual for her because she hates politics yeah. these days, and her takeaway was, although she was underwhelmed in general, she felt that um, Boris Johnson had a lot less substance to him. Yes. Dan Corbyn, and I think that is that's what I would say as well is that he really did have didn't have anything to offer. The only thing that he really had to say was that he will um, take us out of the EU, and like and and could only attack Jeremy Corbyn on that those grounds really. And that's all he kept going on about. Yeah. Whatever the question, he kept just going back to that. And it was yeah, and it was a bit embarrassing. And I think. Um, it's a big gamble that they're taking that the British voters will prize that above everything else. And I think he, you know, there is a danger for them that maybe if, if people don't care about Brexit as much as he thinks they do. And I'm not, spe- I wouldn't want to speculate about whether they do or not. I don't feel like I have enough information to do that, but that is the ga- that is the gamble. Cause that is clearly all they have. I think that's what's clear from tonight. Yeah, totally. I think, and I think that is hopefully why, given we know that Boris Johnson has a big lead on who do you prefer to be prime minister, and yet the first big post-debate poll has them neck and neck about who actually won the debate. So I think what would worry me if I was a Tory advisor, which, by the way, I'm not, just to out myself, would be I think there will be people who like Jeremy Corbyn more than they did before they watched it and people who like Boris Johnson less. Jeremy Corbyn is so vilified and his personal ratings are so bad compared to Boris Johnson that, you know, if he doesn't shit himself on the stage, people are going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, but I don't think that, in the sense of... That doesn't mean they might go, well, actually, he did better than I expected, but I still think Boris Johnson won. But they haven't done that. They 49% of people in that poll have gone, I think Jeremy Corbyn was the best person on that stage. So I think, I mean, that that's what's interesting. I think, I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the coming days, obviously, because the big thing that's now going to happen is the manifesto. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know if we're allowed to say when it's coming out. Are we allowed to say? Yeah, I think it's been said. It, yeah, it's Thursday. Okay. Yeah, well, tomorrow. Maybe we might have just dropped an exclusive then. I don't no, know. I think that's pretty. Okay. I think that's no. Okay. Uh, no, the, the, the so the manifesto is going to come out, and you know that is Labour's big hope because what happened last time really was it wasn't any the big turnaround was was the manifesto. I think the thing is what's going to be interesting is because Jamie Corbyn started the last election with really terrible polling, and then it they improved during the election campaign. And so there are obviously people now who used to like him, who now just don't like him. Mm -hmm. And they might look at him now, because this is the biggest kind of burst they've seen of Jamie Corbyn since the last general election campaign. And they might look at that and go, oh, I kind of remember why I liked him. I mean, this shouldn't be about personality. I think hopefully it should be actually people are fed up with 10 years of Tory rule and the consequences and think, well, actually... 
I want real change. That's what Labour's slogan is. And they want, you know, they want the rich to pay more tax to invest in services that are creaking. They want a housing programme. They want young people not to be punished for student debt. You know, they want public ownership. We'll see, but it's the only bloody hope, it? I've got to say, aside from their performances, I was really pleasantly surprised that um, ending austerity has become a universal Mm. truth in politics now that both sides in order to you know appear palatable had to say yes I will end austerity and as somebody who was a very devoted anti-austerity activist for many years I was really pleased to see that that finally the public has turned against that and finally in order to be elected you have to say you're going to end it that's the consensus isn't it yeah in rhetoric if not substance and you know credit where it's due i don't think that would have happened without jeremy corbyn becoming leader of the labor party i think they really moved the debate on that and thank god so my my conclusion would be that was a victory for jeremy corbyn uh i think more people will like him afterwards he landed some good zingers uh he had boris johnson flustered and angry at certain points i think boris johnson came across badly in terms of just being hectoring and aggressive and rude. And um, I don't think the format really works that well, to be honest. Um, and, and the weird kind of Blade Runner stage. That yeah, was weird. it's quite off-putting. It's quite glaring. But I don't think there was any knockout blows. And I think there could have been more kind of... He could have been more aggressive going after Boris Johnson and the Tory record. He doesn't like this idea of going after a person in certain ways, though. He thinks it's kind of off you know, and but nonetheless, I think overall that will, I think, buoy Labour. I think it will improve his ratings, and I think, in terms of members who, at the moment, feel they're fighting the fight of their lives, I think it will give them more of a wind in their tail than they had before. What do you think? Fine. Yeah, I think, um, like, judging by Corbyn's performance, if you ask me, am I glad that he did it? I would say yes. I think it's a good thing. I think it's good, been good for Labour. I'm glad that that he did it. Do I think it's been a game changer? No, I think we've still got a lot to do. We've got a lot of work to do to win this election. I don't think it's been a game changer. Um, but I think it's helped. Yeah. And there's going to be other debates. And I think it was a, you know, laid good groundwork for the next debate. Because there was no game changer debate. I, I mean, I know there was no head to head. But Jamie Corbyn never had one performance where he went, that's a game changer. It just cumulatively helped his ratings. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's room for improvement. I think there's the concrete things that he can do that we've talked about uh, to improve his ratings next time. But yeah, I think, um, I think it was good. And I, and I do think for give or take half of the audience to say, yeah, he won that. I thought he was the better performer given this the state of his ratings and the constant sort of media barrage against him i think is actually quite remarkable yeah, so he's i'll take that four and a half year press barrage yeah um okay registered to vote we've now got oh my word monday this is the biggie everyone you know run around your community screaming drag people off bus stops don't actually do that it's probably problematic but just go up to them at bus stops and just <laughs> politely ask them go around Drag parks them up. yeah that's my bus why are you taking me yeah away? if you're clubbing on friday night go round that at two in the morning demanding everyone's registered don't kiss anyone who isn't registered to no vote. if they want to get off with you stop them and go have you registered to vote and if they said no 
So do it. Yeah. And also, especially if you're like under 30, yeah. and even more if you're under 24, 24 or under, you can literally change the course of this country in a really phenomenal and profound way if if you're under 25 and you register to vote because the pollsters all think you're not going to do it and they are predicting um, the outcomes of the, this election assuming that you're not going to vote so you could change everything that we understand about politics if you vote so register to vote and get every single person you know in your age group to vote as well and just to emphasize that um so one yougov poll yougov is has the worst polling pretty much for labor almost of any pollster um but it had the tory lead falling from 17 points to 12 points in four days and in the first poll which was worse for labor only 75 percent of labor supporters said they were certain to vote the second was 81 the first had 18 to 24 year olds and 47 percent the second of 50 percent what that means is Basically, pollsters are calling this election partly on the basis they think younger people are not going to vote in sufficient numbers to get Labour over the line. So Ellie's right. Um, thanks, everyone. I'll be back. We're going to have some other guests, not just Ellie. Hey. But she's great. Don't don't say she's not great. They're going to have some big shoes to fill. Yeah, we've got some great. I've got some great people lined up. Um, if you liked this, then please leave a rating, face sweet of you, just some lovely stars. Just so it just gets up the charts so the people can watch it. And also, I'm grateful as well. Uh, lots of love, everyone. It's going to be a long few weeks. Just over three weeks to go. Oh, my word. But thank you very much, Ellie, you beautiful comrade. Thank you. Bye. Election Daily is produced by the cheerful team, including Jeff Lloyd, Emma Corsham, Joe Kenyon and Joel Pearce with music from Pete Frazier. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.